Go ahead and open your Bible to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. I always love the holidays as you're finding that because holiday time, we, we never know what we're gonna get in church and, and it's always fun to see people who used to go to church show up again. So it's good to see you guys. Welcome back. All right. Uh, of course, as you're, uh, you're, you're finding that in your Bible, hopefully you grabbed an outline and a bulletin on your way in and you can scan that QR code and follow along with me as well. We're in Isaiah 43 today for a one-out one message. Today we're talking about how to have success in 2024. Now, can you believe that 2024 is right here? It's gonna be here in a little over 12 hours from now. You remember the good old days? Remember like 2018? Way back then? Man, the good old days. How about Y2K? Do you remember that? Woo, that seems like yesterday, but it's like 23 years ago. Man, good stuff. Hey, I like studying leadership. It's kind of what I, one of the things that I do. And here's something I came across uh, this uh, last couple of weeks as I was studying for this sermon. I, I read that only 5% of people actually function based upon written goals and plans for their life. 5%. Folks, that's scary if you think about it. And I read that on average, people spend more time planning a birthday party for a family member than they do planning their life. Now just take that in for a second. Yikes! Right? So here's what ends up happening. It be, what ends up happening is we become reactive to all the circumstances that come at us as opposed to being proactive and being on the front end of things. And consequently, we end up not living by design and we end up living by default. When that happens, we're not living the way that God desires for us, but instead we're living the way that everybody else wants us to live. We're reactive, we're not proactive. We don't have plans, we don't have goals. 95% of us. Folks, that's kind of crazy if you think about it. And so with it being New Year's Eve and my prayer for all of us moving forward into 2024, my prayer for you today is that I'm gonna go over five principles today and I hope that you can at least get one of them and put them into your life because many of you are right here in this 95%. So one principle today and I think that will help you in 2024. And so when you think about 2024, when you think about what are you planning, what are you planning financially? What are you planning physically? You know, some people want to lose weight. It's a new year, right? Some people are like, no, I want to gain 25 pounds, right? All right, some people want to, want, to, want to change how they think emotionally and how they feel, and some people are looking for new spiritual goals. I think that's good. In fact, our women's ministry posted an article two weeks ago on their uh, social media plan, maybe some of you ladies saw this, 10 discipleship questions to ask for the coming year. Everything in there was from creating a Bible reading plan to loving your family better to planning actually what non-believers in your life you're going to pray for and you're going to develop a relationship with. 10 of these items were in this article and all of them support the very concepts that we're going to be talking about today. So again, I ask you, what are you specifically in your life planning for? What do you want God to do in your life this next year? And if you're planning nothing, then honestly, my friend, you will get that next year. 
You'll get the same thing that you got in 2023 if you didn't plan anything. Why is that? Because we're creatures of habit. We, we do the things that we do because of our habits. And so if we want to be successful, we have to be on the front end. We have to be proactive. In the last series, we talked about Isaiah. In week two, he was a prophet during the time of the kings. He lived in the 8th century B.C., and so his ministry started at about 740 B.C. God gave him his messages, and, and, and so he would prophesy to the Israelites. And he says to the people in chapter 43, verse 18, here's what God says through Isaiah. God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Now let's just stop right there. This is a very freeing statement for Israel. Now think about this. God had been incredibly faithful to the Jews throughout the entire Old Testament. Think about it. He led them out of Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea. God took care of them in the desert for how long? 40 years. Not one time did God ever break his side of his covenant with Israel. But did Israel break their side? Oh, yeah, a lot. And God tells the people through Isaiah, hey, forget the past. Don't dwell there. Now, should you learn from the past? Yes. Should, should you press forward? Yes, and do so in faith. And look what he says in verse 19. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now, I know, I know that the English has T-H-I-N-G, but it's really T-H-A-N-G. Thang, he's doing a new thing, right? God was very happy about this new thing he was doing. In fact, if you know your, your Bible history, what he's, what he's talking about, he's referring to the promise of the coming Messiah, Jesus, who would come and redeem all of creation back into proper relationship with the Father, not just the Jews. So that means us as well. And so when you think about our lives, our nature is to dwell and live in the past. Have you ever noticed that? Specifically, we dwell in the negative of the past. Some of you, you know, if you know anything about marketing, and some of you do this for work, right, you know that when you have a positive experience at, let's say, a restaurant or a store or something like that, you tell, on average, three people of your wonderful customer service. But if you have a negative experience at a restaurant or a store, you tell somewhere between seven and 14 people. Now, why is that? Because human nature is to dwell on the negative experiences of our past. And truth be told, when we go there, we're actually rehearsing in our mind exactly what's gonna take place. We're practicing. Now, let me give you the example of this. When I was a teenager... I used to learn how to play guitar. Now, for those of you guys who don't know anything about me, I used to be the minister of music here at our church, and I played guitar every single Sunday with you guys. So I learned how to play guitar back when I was a teenager, but I didn't always used to be any good at it. In fact, I can remember a time when I would practice not playing my guitar to be a worship leader, but playing my guitar to be a rock star. 
I had dreams of going on tour and touring all the arenas like all the big groups did. And so I would practice literally on my showmanship. You know, the whole, <laughs> right? Make sure I had the guitar down low. I even practiced taking it off and, no, I didn't do that. But the idea was I was practicing what I was hoping to do. And the truth is, I got okay at that. But when we rehearse in our minds, it plays out to be the same way. We rehearse exactly what's gonna play out in our life. And God says, forget the former things, don't dwell on them, I'm gonna do a new thing. So my encouragement for you today is this, we don't wanna live in the mistakes of the past. Raise your hand if you got mistakes in your past. Come on, for those of you who don't have your hands up, that includes you, okay? Do we want to learn from our past mistakes? Let me see those heads nod. Yes, we do, okay? But we wanna make the adjustments and move forward. You with me, church? And when we do that, we grow, and that's what God wants for us. So I'm gonna give you five principles today to help you grow and succeed in 2024. So number one in your outline is this. Stop making excuses. Now, this is no surprise to any of us, all right, but it's absolutely practical. There comes a point in time when you just have to stop making excuses about the past. Our culture here in America, we have embraced this whole victim thing. And yes, there are some things from our past that we should have learned. There are some good things and there are some bad things. Right? But there just comes a point where we all individually must move on. We must stop living in the past and using what has happened in the past to somehow excuse our poor behavior and choices now. You have to do what God says. God says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on them. In other words, move forward. Congregation, let me just be honest with you here, Right? People are gonna step on your toes. They're gonna scar you. It's gonna happen. And you know what? You're gonna step on somebody else's toes. You're gonna scar them. It's called life. And I'm not downplaying whatever horrific thing has happened in your past, but here's the truth. We're all sinful people living in a sinful world. And our world has been messed up since Genesis chapter three. And God gives us a principle in his word to help us. Looks, uh, let's look at Proverbs 28 in your outline. Proverbs 28, 13 says this. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them does what? Finds mercy. In other words, there comes a time when we have to be honest about our past. We have to own it. We have to confess the things that God needs to us to confess. We need to ask him for forgiveness. We need to ask him to remove these things from our life. And so it's about getting to the place where we stop making excuses. No longer are we gonna live in the past and we're not gonna let our past control our future. Three common causes of failure you see in your outline there. Number one is uh, we don't plan ahead. We don't plan ahead. It's amazing. 5% of the people plan ahead. That's it. 
Proverbs 27, verse 12, says the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going, and as a result of keeping going, they suffer for it. That's a pretty strong verse there, everybody. And so as you're looking forward into 2024, whether it be physical goals, financial goals, emotional goals, spiritual goals, whatever that is, what does your plan look like? Do you even have a plan? Have you even sat down to think about it yet? Or is your story gonna be that you spent more time planning a birthday party for a loved one in your family than you did planning your own future? Maybe you've heard the old cliche, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. That's true. And I don't wanna, you know, be there with you, and I don't want to be there either, and I don't think you want to be there. Right? So, so here's the thing. We have to have positive forward movement, and I know that's what you want. So we need to take the time to plan. We need to also ask the right questions, which means the second one, we, we need to talk to the right people, and the problem is, is we're not talking to the right people. We don't listen because we don't talk to the right people, or maybe we don't listen to anyone at all. And often we end up swelling with pride and God tells us in Proverbs 15, verse 22, he says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. So what happens in our life? As pride comes in, we swell with it and we get an ego issue. And I heard a preacher one time say that ego stands for edging God out. Have you ever done that? You ever edged God out? For those of you who are married or maybe you're looking to get married, here's some, some advice that I learned years ago. This is gonna get an amen. God's blessing on your life is your spouse. Amen. So you need to make sure that you respect your spouse and you, that you respect your spouse's walk with God. Now why? Why is that? Because God is gonna Speak through your spouse to you. And there are times when God is gonna bring balance into your life through them, whether it be your professional life, whether it be your personal life, or even when you serve God in ministry. God's gonna use them. It's often been said that, right, we staff to our weaknesses so we can focus on our strength. Well, God staffs to your weakness through your spouse. It's what he does. Your spouse exists to complement your life, to strengthen your weaknesses. Folks, this is such a huge key, and so we don't wanna have any ego in our marriage relationship, and the same thing is we don't wanna have any ego about God in our life. We don't wanna edge him out. We wanna make sure that we're being sensitive enough and aware of what ever God is doing in our life. We need to be aware and sensitive enough when God is putting people into our life to help us, right? We need to hear them and we need to listen to them as they speak into our life, especially when they tell us the things that we don't want to hear, okay? Difficult, absolutely. Necessary, yes. Third one is common cause of failure. We give up too soon. You ever heard of a man named Zig Ziglar? Some of you probably have. Zig Ziglar once quoted, failure is the line of least 
persistence. Now, when you think about that, that makes total sense. A lot of truth there. Human nature, right, is the moment that we experience any kind of headwind, we just want to shut down. Consequently, some of us never experience the breakthrough on the other side that we desire. One of the greatest failures in American history was a certain general in the army. At the time of his appointment, he had very little experience ever managing large armies. Consequently, here's what happened. He ended up losing two-thirds of his battles. But because of his resiliency and his strategical mind, he actually helped the army win some very important battles, and they turned out to be transformational battles. Ultimately, the army ended up winning the war, and fortunately for all of us, this man helped save our young nation by being part of the group to form our constitution. His name, George Washington. Ultimately, he became our first president. And then there's Abraham Lincoln. Did you know that between 1832 and 1858, over 26 years, this man lost eight elections for public office. But in 1860, he was elected 16th president of the United States. And when you sit back and you think about American history, these are two of the greatest heroes that come to our minds. They're on our money. We celebrate their birthdays every February, right? And, and of course, there, you know, there's others that we could have mentioned, but how much different would our country be today had these two men not pushed forward through their adversity? Because in our life, we're all going to have adversity. Headwind is going to come at you, my friend. It absolutely is. And so the question for you is, are you willing to push forward through it in light of those experiences? Or are you going to do what a lot of people do? And that's give up, pack up, and go home. God says in Proverbs 24, verse 10, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? Word of God is powerful, folks. So if you want to be successful in the coming year, it begins with ending the excuses. Number two is take stock. What do I mean by that? I mean like take inventory, right? Evaluate your life. All of us have experiences under our belt. Some good, some not so good. Well, you can use it all to your advantage. In business, they audit the books uh, to bring the fiscal year into alignment, right? Some of the, you guys are business owners. You guys do this every year. But somehow when it comes to our personal lives, many of us just don't do it. Now, why is that? It's really bizarre. What we do is we just roll from one season right into the next, and we don't even take stock. And when that happens, everybody, here's the thing, we become reactionary to the things that life throws at us. We didn't take time to plan ahead. We didn't take time to keep stock. It's kind of like the ocean waves. They just keep coming at us and coming at us and coming at us and coming at us, one right after another, and all we can do is react. But wisdom tells us what? That there comes in time in life 
when we need to take stock. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in the Bible to do this very thing. In Galatians chapter three, verse four, I'm reading from the ICB paraphrase version, but it says, you've experienced many things. Were all those experiences wasted? And Apostle Paul goes on to say, I hope not. All of us have experiences in life. And for some people, unfortunately, they never seem to learn from the things that they go through. Do you know anybody like this in your life? I do. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a family member. They just keep going through the same repetitive cycle over and over and over and over. And it's just unfortunate. And when that happens, they keep getting the same result. What a surprise. Right? Isn't that how it goes? Because they've never taken stock, they've never taken inventory to look at their life. They haven't stopped long enough to ask the right questions to the right people and evaluate their life and their experiences and put traction for positive movement in their life. In your outline, I put some questions for you to ask. If you're trying to take stock, the first one is this, what have I learned? Both good things, bad things, as you evaluate your life, what have I learned relationally? What have I learned emotionally? What have I learned financially? What have I learned spiritually in my life? And it could be from your own experiences, or as my mom used to tell me, a smart man learns from his mistakes, but a wise man learns from somebody else's mistakes. That's why I love y'all so much, because I like learning from you. True story, Gino and I, when he used to work with us, we went to lunch probably twice a week, and I was constantly pulling from his amazing history of knowledge of not only denominational stuff, Southern Baptist stuff, but just, you know, the man's lived a lot of years, and I always used to appreciate that. So thank you, Gino. Appreciate all that. It's kind of like raising kids, right? You remember this when you were young, and you would see kids going around, and some of them being crazy and going here and going there, and you used to say, Man, when I have kids, I ain't doing that. You remember that when you were young? I remember it. All right, I remember doing that. And then, and then you would watch what some parents were doing really well, and you go, yeah, when I have kids, I'm gonna do that. We, that's what we kind of do. We kind of learn from experiences. So the question for all of us this morning on this point is, how can our future be better as a result of what we've learned in the past. Second one, who can help and support me? Everyone needs some kind of a support group. Everyone needs a quality friend. Everybody needs somebody who's gonna come alongside and help them and point them in the right direction and just be their cheerleader. It's true in all of our lives and it's always nice to have someone on your team who's pointing you in the right direction and in your corner. Third one is this, ask yourself this question. Am I aware of what I'm thinking? I did a whole sermon series back in the spring on what we think about, how our thoughts matter in life. And it's not in your outline, but Proverbs 23, 7 says this, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Our brains are like file cabinets, right? Some of us have big file cabinets and some of us have smaller filing cabinets. And when we go through life, we just fill our brain and we file things away, both good and bad. And hear me, everybody, this is gonna be key. Not every experience that you go through is true. 
Wait, 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 wait a minute, Pastor Wayne. How could that be? If I go through it, then it's true. How is it not true? Well, here's how it's not true. If you were raised in an environment where you were called stupid, or you're never gonna succeed, you're never gonna amount to anything in this world, or if you come out of a relationship where you were told, hey, you're never gonna have someone who loves you like me. In fact, you're just lucky I kinda like you. If you come out of anything like that, and there's all kinds of those abusive experiences in our world, right? But if you come out of anything like that, it does not make it true. Here's the truth. It doesn't matter what someone else says about you. What matters is what God says about you. That is what's true. And so our thoughts lead to feelings. Our feelings lead to actions. We talked about that. So what is... What are you rehearsing in your mind? Because that's exactly what will play out in reality. And just because you experience it doesn't mean it's true. So the question for you is, is what are you thinking about? Are you aware of it? Number three in your outline, third principle today, is to act in faith. What are you expecting God to do in your life in 2024? So let's just pause for a moment. And if the answer is, I'm not sure, Pastor Wayne, or, man, that's a good question. I haven't even thought about it yet. Then, friends, that's exactly what God's going to do. Nothing. Not that he's not active, because he is. But because your expectation of the Lord at this point is nothing. And that's what you're going to get. Now, I already know all of us in here and all of us watching online, we want God to move on our behalf this next year. That's awesome. So folks, here it is. It starts with you and with me. We have to put faith into action. Each of us have to do our own individual part. Jesus said in Matthew chapter nine, verse 29, he said, according to your faith, Will it be done to you? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're spiritual beings and life is just driven that way. So it is by faith and through the power of the Holy Spirit that we expect God to act according to what his word says. Proverbs 16, 9 says this, in his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So there's your part and there's God's part, right? You need to make sure you're doing your part and then God will, 100% of the time, fulfill his part, church. That's the way he works. And so you think about goal setting now. Bring this back around. The reason why only 5% of people do it is because of the fear of failure. Somehow we think that if we set a goal and we don't succeed at making our goal, that that equals failure. Translation, I am now a failure. And is that true? No, it is not true. Of course not. We actually fail when we have not set any plans or goals. And God says in Proverbs 29, 
Verse 25, for fear of a man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Could you imagine being an Israelite back when you're leaving uh, Egypt, Pharaoh's armies traveling behind you? They're coming, baby, they're coming. You are scared to death. You have no idea where you're going. Moses, bless his soul, he has led you to the shore of the Red Sea. And you're looking at this water. You know what's behind you. Now, we know the story, right? We know what God does. He parts the Red Sea. And we all go, yay, God, Woohoo! He's so faithful, isn't he awesome? Now, we do that. But how would you have liked to have been the person who was first on the beach, toes touching the water, and Moses says, okay, get in the water. Are you going to do that or are you going to live in fear? Are you going to be the person who walks to the back of the line and say, come on, Bob, go ahead, you go first. Right? All of us are either going to live in fear or in faith. And when we worry about what everyone else is saying and what everybody else is thinking, it's a snare in our life. And as Proverbs says, God has called us to live by faith, not Fear, amen? So what's next year gonna look like for you? Because I believe God is calling you. I believe God is calling me. God is calling all of us to live with a bolder faith than ever before. Number four in your outline, if you wanna be successful in 2024, you have to refocus your thoughts. Addressing our thoughts is really the key to finding success in so many different areas of our life. In Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Congregation, this is a very important verse to us as believers. I want you to notice that in this text, it says, above all else, meaning like this is a primary thing for us as children of God to do. We are to guard our heart. And, and it's not talking about the muscle that pumps blood. Yes, we should guard our hearts, but we need to guard our hearts, meaning our consciences, right? right? Above all else, pay attention to what you are thinking about. Pay attention to what you're watching on your social media feeds, especially when you're on the things like TikTok, Right? what you're watching on TV, what music you're listening to, what books you're reading, what your friends are saying to you, what the things that you are saying out loud. All of this stuff matters. Now you might say, well why, Pastor Wayne? What's the big deal? Here it is, according to this verse. Your heart is the wellspring of your life. What comes in is what's gonna come out of you. Your eyes, your ears, they are the porthole of your soul. And so if you're gonna change for the better in 2024, family, you're gonna wanna pay attention to the things that you're thinking about. Romans chapter 12, verse two says this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And everyone says, amen, Pastor Wayne. Woohoo! I like it. And it goes on to say, but be transformed. Yeah, that sounds good. How? Paul tells us, by the renewing of your mind. 
So if you want to refocus your thoughts, this is how you do it. You renew your mind. In other words, you pay very close attention to what you're thinking. Then he goes on to say, as a result, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And I love this part. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. I cannot overstate this point enough to us this morning, friends. What you think about in this life matters. In fact, the psalmist says to meditate on the law of the Lord both day and night. Meditate on the things of God. You cannot go wrong when you, things, when you meditate on the things of God. Amen? So if you want success in 2024, refocus your thoughts. And that leads us to number five. Trust God's help. Trust God to help you. Trust God to help me. Now, I know that this might sound like a very churchy slogan this morning. Like, Pastor Wayne, that's all you got? Trust God to help me? But hear me, this is very, very true. You see, in the Old Testament, around 520 B.C., 200 years after God used Isaiah, he, he used another prophet, a man by the name of Zechariah. And he brought his word to Israel through him. Zechariah chapter four, verse six, he writes, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now let me just pause right quick, real quick here. This has to be the name of the next child born in our church, Zerubbabel. So is there any takers? Moms, dads, no takers? All right. Oh, I'm just kidding anyways, but uh, I just thought it'd be funny to say. But here's the deal. You can actually put your name into this spot here and the principle will remain the same. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Wayne. Quote, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Success in life, folks, whether it be next year, 2024, or 10 years from now, whatever it is, success will come when you rely more on God's spirit, his power, and his principles found in scripture than you do your own wisdom and your own way of understanding life or what all your friends and family have to say, okay? And so my prayer for everybody, for each one of you, that in 2024, it would be a year where your commitment spiritually will be more dependent upon God's word and his power in your life than ever before in your past. That world out there desperately needs Jesus. And I believe that he is the hope for it. And when you go on living in life, right, living by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit, it will minister greatly to other people. So, this morning as we conclude our year together, 
I'm just asking, can we as a church, as we seek God, build community, unleash compassion, can we trust God more next year? Can we do that? Can we elevate our level of faith? Can we worry about the possible and let God do the impossible? Congregation, would you partner with me as we pursue the Lord and go into, as the scripture says, the deeper waters of faith? But it all starts with each of us in our own life making a plan. We gotta have personal goals. We gotta trust God. We gotta trust God with our relationship with him. We gotta trust God with our relationships with our family members. We gotta trust God with our finances. We gotta trust God with our job situations, our housing situations. Whatever headwind is coming at you, Whatever it is, you have to do your part. And God promises that he will do his. So as we close this morning, I just want to encourage you today. You can be successful in 2024. You can do it. I want you to think about these five principles that we've talked about. Stop making excuses. Plan ahead. Listen to the right people, never give up. Take stock and reflect on your life. Act in faith because according to it, it will be done. Refocus your thinking, guard that heart of yours. Trust God to help you by walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Congregation, God wants to bless your life. He really does. You can build your faith and you can increase your walk with God this next year. So I just want to encourage you, seek to implement at least one of these principles into your life. It will pay off. I'm telling you, it'll pay off big time. You can do it. You can do it. Now, it may not be easy, but you can do it. Amen? I'm gonna ask if you'll stand and pray with me as we close out our year this morning. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for our time today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the season that we've just had, this Christmas and New Year's season order. We just thank you that we have the opportunity to have a fresh year coming at us. So Lord, I'm praying for everybody in this room today who just is in a season where they need a fresh start, where 2023 has been difficult. And we're optimistically looking at 2024. We're looking at the blessings that you want to give us. So God, I'm praying for everybody in this room who's hoping for a good 2024. Lord, I'm praying for those who just need the past to be gone, who just need to move forward. Lord, I'm praying for those who need a new vision, who need strength and faith this next year. Lord, would you just help us to take inventory in our life and to be mindful of our experiences. Help us to learn from them and to use them to move forward in faith and in our relationship with you. God, would you help us to grow in our faith this next year? God, would you help us to have healthy habits that will start in our thought life? God, help us to pay attention to what we watch, what we listen to, 
All in all, Jesus, our hearts want to be in alignment with you. So Lord, would you help us? Help us to make 2024 the best year of our life ever. I'm praying for every person in this room today, God, that there will be a year of spiritual enhancement and a year of spiritual elevation. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. And for those of you in the room today who have never experienced the relationship of Jesus that we're talking about and with, with those who got baptized earlier, they took the step of faith with God. And if that's you this morning, if, if you've never taken that step with Jesus, I just wanna encourage you to do so. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it starts with admitting you're a sinner, believing in Christ, confessing him as Lord. And if that's you, just repeat this after me. Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. Come into my life. I confess you as Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you from this day forward. I pray these things in your holy name. And all God's people said, amen.